Everybody, welcome to D Comedy, our rewatch, review, whatever you want to call it, podcast. This month, your D commentators are me, Lucas, and me, Dylan. And I gotta tell you, Luke, <laughs> I am. <laughs> whoa, hang on, hang on here. Whoa, 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 hold your horses. My I, I just, I, I got so excited, Luke. I was letting, I was letting a solemn silence hang in the air. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that. We can introduce our third guest. Hello. Well, hang on, wait, hang on, hang on. All right. All right, Dil- all right, audience, what you're seeing here is that Dylan fancies himself uh, that he's that he's come to the big show. Just because, spoiler alert, Emma's not here this month. I, I had to give her a month off because she's had a lot of travel stuff. I have a lot of travel stuff, too. We just couldn't work it out to record together. So since we were already having Dylan on for our Halloween ec- episode, happy Halloween, by the way, I asked him to bring a- another feminine voice with him. And so we have two guests Dylan is not is not the host that he pretends to be. And our two guesty commentators are Dylan. And Sophie. The main reason that I'm on here, though, just to level set, is, and I suppose, you know, for the for the audience, I am Dylan's um, significant other, and I've heard that there's been quite a fan base of Dylan, and so I just really wanted to come in and, and just, you know, put it to rest. Really Are you putting down my on. fans? Hang on. You hang can't on do that. I would like to point out Sophie did not tell me about this at all. Number one. Number two, I think the phrase fan base is a little strong. It, Number wait, three. What? Number three, going off of the term fan base, do you think Dylan has groupies already, Soph? I definitely I, have a following. I've been, do- I've been doing this show for five years. I don't have groupies that I'm aware of. I don't know. He gets a handful of, of episodes Luke. and you're like, oh, I got to make sure everybody knows I've locked this down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's definitely threatened by the, uh, you know, the 14-year-old girls listening, apparently. But I mean, to her credit, fame does funny things to a man's head, Dylan. It, it does. It does. Anyway. So apparently there's a hidden agenda with our third guest here. But speaking of our third guest, uh, Sophie, since you are technically new around here, uh, what would you say is your favorite Disney Channel original movie? That's a good question. Luke, we're a minute into recording it. Well, you stumped her. To be fair, when we were thinking about kind of this episode and um, Halloween, um, I, for some reason, thought that Hocus Pocus was a decom movie. Not not the first person to make that mistake, actually. But, and I'm sorry I'm jumping ahead, we do have a Hocus Pocus character in this film. Yes, and she's the best. <laughs> so I think, what is, the my favorite one is the, is, I can't remember that, the, 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 it's the warrior film. The warrior film? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? No. Oh, Wendy Wu, Wendy. Homecoming Warrior. Yes. Oh, okay. Wendy Wu, Homecoming I was going to say, Warrior. I think you were also thinking of the, the Tom Hardy <laughs> film. Uh, yeah, that also gets mistaken for a Disney Channel original movie yeah, all the time. All, all the time. Anyway, that all one's my favorite. That is a personal favorite of mine as well as Wendy Wu, actually. Yes. That one's good. But we're not here to talk about Wendy Wu, because as I mentioned... It's October, everybody. And as we're recording this, both Dylan and Sophia in New York and myself in Burbank, California, there is a strange, almost mystical rain outside. So if you hear a little bit of thunder or lightning, I did not add that in post. It is actively raining because we are here today to talk about the Disney Channel classic, 
the Scream Team. So, quick overview. I knew nothing about this film going in. I had heard of it, that it existed. I didn't know the plot. I didn't know the characters. I didn't know nothing about it. Dylan, why did you want to watch this specifically? It was actually Soph's suggestion when she was oh. looking at Halloween films. She had never seen it. I, I have seen it before, but it has been a long time. And I actually, I remember seeing it once. I think it came out, what, 2002? I think I 2002, saw it. 2002, yes. 2002 or 03. And then I remember always having a feeling of, why are they showing this? Why can't they just show Phantom of the Megaplex? But I, I liked it. I'm actually mad that I haven't seen it more. I Yeah, I, Dylan, I, you and I have very similar sentiments on this one, which was, I think this is kind of an overlooked gem a little yeah. bit. It's great. I Well, I think gem is maybe a bit strong. I think that definitely has <laughs> Some, I, has some weaknesses, but I was like, I, I no, n- number one of which, and we'll get into this as we start breaking yeah. breaking things down, is that I feel like it's a movie that really runs out of steam. Like I it agree. start, it starts out really strong. Like I watched this like in in two chunks, where I watched like the first half hour and then the last hour on two separate days. After that first half hour, I was so in. I was like, I love this setup. I want to know what's going on. I'm like deep, deep in it. And then by the end, I was just kind of like. Oh, okay. I, I agree. I, I think Wait. there was an. I think there was a not to not to get too much into it, but there's definitely a few inflection points where you think certain things are going to be much bigger. Like at the beginning, I thought that the character of Warren was going to be so much bigger and mean present. Warner. Warner, yeah, throughout the film, and like there's a good forty minutes in the middle where he's not even a part of it. They're just at that soul retrieval center. Yeah, it's. <sighs> Again, in, and I don't want to say, and none of it is, like, I don't, I, I would struggle to pinpoint anything that is totally bad. It's just kind of, it, it goes from being really fun and interesting into kind of mundane. And I, I agree. But, I do think the jokes got better throughout, though. That's with, and, uh, the humor is so weird in this movie. With, it, it's very odd, as we'll get into with some and, of and, the I, and, it's, and it's not something I feel like I, we can actually describe via the art, the medium of podcasts. Mm. Like, it's just something you have to watch a movie yourself, audience where like there are like a constant stream of jokes but each one of them has a weird like almost sarcastic inflection when it doesn't call for sarcasm like the dad in this movie is a sarcasm machine he is and the first few jokes he makes too are all like sarcastic but pretty fucking dark yeah he's like oh you know you used to like tinker downstairs with your grandfather that must have been nice i never had that as a child it's like oh jesus dude like what are you unpacking yeah i i also think that's something that we need to touch on is that's what struck me the most about this right out the gate is that this is really dark This is the, but maybe, uh, to be fair, we haven't covered Don't Look Under the Bed yet, which many credit to be the scariest Disney Channel Rogers movie. This one isn't that scary, if I'm being honest. There are a couple of things that are kind of creepy and freaky, but there's not a lot of big scares here. But like the way they just openly talk about death and murder and execution, I was like, this was on Disney yeah, Channel? Yeah, burning at the stake. But, they they got into the, yeah, some old Salem type stuff. Yeah. The thing that I quite liked was it was quite a, like a, a cyclical movie in terms of plot. Like we had a death at the beginning and then it kind of really centered around this theme of, of, of death. Like in terms of yeah. giving DCOM credit for a plot, 
it was pretty good because some DCOMs, yes. you know, they can go a bit haywire, right? But this one, you kind of knew that we were focused on death throughout the film. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I, I hate to say this because I feel like it does kind of take some of the, the wind out of this movie's sails, but this kind of feels like they watched Beetlejuice and were like, <laughs> what can we pull from this and turn it into its own thing? Because like, that is also a movie that's like about death, but has like a fun sensibility about it. And they literally have the death like waiting room that they have in Beetlejuice yeah and and so I feel like they're kind of pulling more to it at at that theme pulling that theme from Beetlejuice a bit more than creating it but I absolutely agree with you like that is front and center and there is no shying away from it yeah no it 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 is and I actually yeah I I would agree with Soph like some of the writing like I think a lot of times decon to have a tendency to kind of, you know, throw away line, something that is kind of important in the film, but the writers just didn't care enough to get backstory. They like the backstory and really the central plot around Zechariah, I, th- I thought was actually pretty well written and like really gives a motive. His origin story is so so much better than a lot of the other ones that that we've seen that are just so half-assed and we don't understand the character's motive it's because they take it seriously yeah they like do. That, like like they, they give it the um gravitas for lack of a better term that it kind of deserves but like all that that's what i'm saying is though is that all of that stuff like the intrigue and like the weight given to that backstory by the end you're just kind of like oh okay so that's that's what mm-hmm. that was but before we dive too deep would you like to know why i picked this movie yes please i was going to circle okay. back around So, I don't know if anyone in the audience is a fan of Kat Dennings. I am familiar with Kat Dennings' work. I think she has a good following now after her role in WandaVision. Oh, interesting. See, what's interesting about this movie is I think she did this, I think you said 2002, but what some comedic people might know is she was in 40-Year-Old Virgin like three years later. And it was interesting to see her... I'm going to see if she's in the puberty-defining phase of her life in this movie. Yeah, I got really concerned for Kat Dennings. The first time we see her in this movie, she looks terrible. Terrible. And I was so sad. I was like, oh, Kat Dennings, how... How unfortunate for you that they caught you at your most awkward time. We all went through it. We like it happens. And then like they cut to and the, the, the first time we see her is a flashback and we cut to her in the modern day. And she looks much yes. better. And I was like, oh, OK, so she's like just wrapping up puberty, I think, yes. in, the, in, the, in this film. Do you know what the first thought that came to mind was? Jeffrey Dahmer, the serial killer. Uh, you're going to need to explain that one. So, <laughs> so she's, wearing, she's wearing these glasses for the pumpkin. Okay, hey, wait, hang on, hang on. I do need to do some one thing before we actually start talking about the scene by scene in this movie. I have two quick bits of news. There's a number one is that there is, is they're making some zombies animated shorts to kind of fill time until they make zombies three. God willing, that film will never release because I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> that would and, be a true tragedy. Honestly. No, I. It would, it would be a victory for Lucas. Emma would be sad. I would be so happy. But then also, um, we're recording this a little early in the month, so I probably missed some stuff. But the remake of Under Wraps did come out. Oh. Um, yes. First I ever. Yeah, that was the first ever. Remake uh, of the first ever. Well, what Disney considers to be the first ever. There are conflicting reports on what the first one was. But I didn't hear, I haven't heard anything terrible about it. it I, I, for, but like I mentioned last month, it does look a bit more generic 2020s uh, than like a faithful remake of that movie, you know? But maybe it's fun. We'll watch it eventually. Anyway, 
Yes, sorry. Let's start talking about under wraps. This isn't actually the, the, so. The pumpkin scene isn't actually. You want to start scene, talking though. about under wraps? Is that we can transition? Oh, I, wait, did I say talk about under wraps? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. We're doing let's start talking team. about no, no. Scream let's start team. talking about the scream team. And now under wraps. I'm <laughs> Shut down. Shut up, Dylan. I'm down. Let's do a six-hour pod. Uh, so the first scene in the movie is actually because this is what got me immediately. Is we open on a dead body. That is a man's dead body on Disney Channel. Oh yeah. That's what that is. And it's I thought an old I was guy. watching Six Feet Under. I, I had a. <laughs> That. I was, I was on Disney Plus and not HBO. But we open on the, an old man dead in his recliner in front of the television, which is he's tuned to the static channel. And, the best channel, of course. And a dead. couple of uh, what I think are, are ghosts. They're ghosts. But yeah, they, they, spirits. It's just, it's just like, you know, whirling col- colors is how they depict ghosts in this. That was as um, much of a budget as we had here. Yeah, yeah, but I actually didn't think it looked bad. I think the no, special, it was fine. I think the special inf- effects in this movie could have been way worse, but I just don't think they knew how to use them really yeah. well. Yeah. Like, and I'll talk about my favorite one later. So, this guy's dead, and there's some ghosts kind of flitting out being like, oh, we can't find it. I mean, he's only been dead six hours. Like, where could it have gone? And then someone comes in to, like, show the police that this is where the body is, and now we cut to the pumpkin carving scene. Carving slash smashing it's a it's this invention this like contraption that destroys pumpkins essentially but gets shit everywhere well i think it's 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 carving the pumpkin it's basically taking the inside of the pumpkin and taking it out that's the thing is they never show us the carving part they but it's not part carving really, like, it really it's taking yeah, I, I, I guess I, this i don't know whatever i just think we never creating, get to the it's carving creating part. a hollow orange bowl is yes basically. for yes correct <laughs> yes. um but we see the grandfather uh frank carlisle and then ian and claire carlisle are the two kids claire is played by cat dennings the kid i don't know but they're just like playing around with this grandpa's machine and uh, Kat Dennings is filming it. But I also, I want to put, oh my God, how could I forget? Are we not going to talk about the theme song? I oh my li- God. No, that was I- my first <laughs> note. Okay. Was, my- was, I-, I said, we open up with these spooky typeface and possibly the worst song I've See, ever heard. I definitely disagree with you. I think <laughs> well, and, and sounds- my Well, my next line was, and by worst, I mean incredible. Yes. Okay. Okay. Listen to me, audience. If I if there is a god, I will try and find a clip for it to put at the break. I did some cursory googling, and it does not seem like the MP3 is readily available. But I will. You mean this band didn't search. go on? Uh, they're not at you know, Coachella this year. Do you know what they're, it sounds like? It sounds like I would say it's a cross collaboration between the Wiggles and eighties pop band. The Wiggles might be a little offended. I, I I'm gonna know. no. I'm gonna say this to Sophie's point, and I want you audience to picture in your brains a song titled the scream team that is the theme song for a made for television movie um, made in the year 2002 you got it whatever you got it's pretty close to what they actually yeah. made because it's just people it's just some dudes going the scream team it's like they like that's what it is decom has done this a few times right was there a minutemen song in that film they, yes but that was great that was run it back again that's an amazing <laughs> yeah. song they <laughs> do the, no they do this just from put time that to time. song in the ha- in the halfway point of this pod no they do that from time to time and sometimes they're great sometimes they're terrible yeah. Um, and sometimes they're terribly great. But it opens on that. But while the so this old pumpkin thing and the dead body also are the credits are rolling. And I got hit right away by the three. We already mentioned one, but the three castings that absolutely slayed me just seeing in the credits. Number one is Kat Dennings. I was like, Kat Dennings? Is this? I didn't even know she yes. did a DCOM. Number two, we already mentioned Kathy and Jimmy, who is one of the evil witches from Hocus Pocus. She was also the evil queen in Descendants. She also 
eerily looks like Jennifer Coolidge. A little bit. Yeah, Very she does. Similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But number three is goddamn Eric Idle is in this movie, who I absolutely love. He's one of the guys from Monty Python. And I, again, had no idea this guy did a Disney Channel original movie. And like, I can't, oh, we haven't met him yet. So maybe we should dive fully into it. But mm. like, I can't fully encapsulate what he was going for with this character. I can't tell if he was trying or not trying to do this role. Because it really seems like he was on, he was he was recording whatever he, like, I think he does like that uh, figment ride in Disney World or whatever. Like he's like the narrator of that. He's like Dr. Nigel something. Oh, that's why I reckon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like he was on the lot to do that. And they're like, hey, we got this uh, ghost movie we're doing. Can you pop over to that? And he's like, sure, man, whatever. Yes, that character was interesting. I think, first of all, we, we have to talk about the diversity of the ghosts. We'll get into that later. Yeah, I, yeah, I like, have some serious commentary on that. Oh, jeez. Okay, I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah, let's, well, let's save it until we actually start, like, seeing them, and, like, once we get to the, what do you call it, the soul center. But so this whole pumpkin carving thing is a video that these kids are watching back at the grandfather's fu- funeral, yeah. where I was just like, oh, frick, that's the guy who died. I mean, yeah. it was like, oh, this is And rough. the kids are watching. It, it's a it's a dark opening. It's it's sad. It's, it's somber, yeah. yeah. And then their dad comes in and is like, you guys probably should be watching this fun video of your grandfather at his funeral and they're like yeah no i think i think ian says something like shouldn't we like be remembering him the dad basically is like fuck that like let's make meaningless small talk that was my favorite line in the whole film by the way he he goes is there like should we be like trying to honor his memory or like something he would have liked and then he just goes nope let's go make meaningless small talk with your grandpa's friends well he also sees the grandfather his father on the tv and like looks at him and goes, "Didn't know you had that smile in you." Clearly, we're, we're stepping in some shit with it's, like the yeah. with this with the dad and his old man. He's really at that stage. The first few minutes in the movie, much more leaning into like a moody teenage boy. Yeah, pretty much every chance he gets in the first like half of the film, he he reminds us of. That's actually kind of why I just want to kind of cover it all up front and not have to constantly be cutting back yeah. to it because it's done very piecemeal throughout, and I don't think it's going to be satisfying in podcast. Him. So let's just say this. He and his father didn't get along when yes. he was growing up for kind of dumb reasons. Like they don't do a good job of explaining it, in my opinion. They didn't get along. And so he's very unsure how to feel about his father's death. And like the father really likes the grandkids. And so he's like jealous of the relationship they had with him. I will say this actor does a pretty good job as the dad, like selling that, but while also being possibly the most sarcastic man alive. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the gist of it. The grandfather owned this hardware store in town and he had to return tire and the dad didn't take it over because he wanted to go be a doctor which i mean he was right i don't like how do you tell and like that's supposed to be a source of friction between them but it's very obvious the grandfather does not care about that in any way shape or form and that's by the way i'm telling you that that's really only told via background info that is not like an actual big sticking point they pay off i will say in terms of background information of this film the lack of the maternal figures in this movie on oh, both God. ends oh, well, is a real well, question mark. I mean, we can address we can address that now or later. I mean, that's one of the all time decom tropes. You can't have two like happy parents. But but they also didn't have a grandmother. 
Like there was nothing. There was no. There was no matriarch in any of these people. That is heritage. a good point. They never pay any. I think maybe they mention his mom once. I don't know. But that's an excellent point. But the thing is, I think that it, it would have just bogged this movie down even more because it's really about him and the dad. So like, it was for the sake of expediency that the mom is dead. <laughs> I see. That's going through. I was like, I'm pretty sure. I'm sure the mom's dead, and they're gonna have some moment in the film where they have to like tell the audience that. But what's interesting as well is in that scene where the one scene where he refers to the mother is Kat Denning's response is kind of like this, you know, you guys are always fighting, you know, what's up with the men in this family, which I thought was a very interesting comment about like society family dynamics of like the men fighting and the women being like superior. I took it as like a cyclical thing that it's like, oh, you know, your dad is bad to you, so you're bad to your son, and then like it all kind of circles around. No, I think she was just being a feminist and being. No, that like, too. I mean, I love that. Like, I love that she was just like, oh my well, god, she's the only no female. Yeah, just yeah. Like, yeah, come on, let's move the frick on. But I appreciated that that moment, and Kat Denning's character in general was just a uh, was fantastic. Yeah, I liked Kat Denning's character pretty well. I I kind of didn't like Ian because he gets mm. very whiny, but I feel like it's more the writing's fault than his. Because, like, basically the plot kind of divides in two at one point. We'll get there. And, like, he gets very whiny about sticking to his side. And, I like, I understand him. But, like, it's, he's he's whiny in-universe, which I don't like. But Claire's fine. But they, they go around this funeral for a while. Claire's walking by a door. And there's this guy just, like, throwing books off the shelves in one of the rooms. And she's like, can I help you? And this is Warner McDonald, I believe is his name. Yeah, Warner um, McDonald. And he's like, oh, I was, you know, your grandpa's friend. I just happened to be looking for some books uh but i'm gonna go and then he, the dad comes in and he's like oh good to see you good to have you back in town um and then he gives claire a flyer for the halloween festival and we already touched that a little bit but the f- f- festival is the annual zachariah cole festival and we don't get the full deets on him yet but I immediately wrote in my notes, Zachariah Cole is the most evil sounding name possibly on the face of the planet. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely it's definitely up there. And the festival picture is very menacing as well. I know, it's yeah. cool. It's like it looks kind of like Dr. Facilier from uh, Princess and the Frog, like with like the <laughs> melting face and like the big hat. And then like she's like, what's this weird Halloween festival? And I think the dad says, like, oh, it's like a big deal that he puts on. People come all the way from Boston to see it. And we will see this carnival later. And it does not look like I something fucking, people I don't would know drive across the, the state for. I feel like even people in that town. They, they also never say it's in Massachusetts. We can assume because it's apparently close to Boston. But I was like, why are we skirting around the fact? And I just feel like, too, some of the lore of, like, they were saying burning at the stake. Like, I just assumed it was, like, they, homages yeah, yeah. to Salem. Maybe the yeah, state of Massachusetts was like we've been through enough we don't need to be associated <laughs> don't drag our name through the mud <laughs> with well, the, this. well the best part is obviously they film this in Ontario like every other decom and you can really tell that like it's filmed in Ontario and there are there are Canadian lines in the film we can talk about that later I didn't catch any <laughs> okay. of that was, was there was that coffee shop um in in Canada that begins with a T Tim Hortons Tim Hortons I didn't see any, <laughs> I didn't, just, I just didn't off see screen there was half of a Tim Hortons cup <laughs> Dylan was like, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Some shitty set director accidentally left that. Yeah, Yeah, one of the shots. Oh, it's like that Game of Thrones um, episode. Oh, yeah. Yes, exactly. But so then, like, the funeral dies down, and Ian is playing in the basement, and, like, on top of the pumpkin thing, this would be really confirmed that the grandpa was some kind of, like, inventor. And I was really hoping that that was going to become 
relatively important. It kind of does, but it's one of those things I was talking about where they just kind of are like, yeah. I w- have you guys ever seen the movie Casper? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay, I th- I was kind of hoping for actually cards on the table. I've never seen the whole thing, but I was you kind of ducked out that- on the friendly ghost. What happened? I'm a Wendy and Wendy meets Casper Stan as is Emma. The thing is, I was hoping that like he was going to essentially be developing Ghostbuster technology or oh my something. A hundred percent. And he well, kind of does, do? but it feels accidental. No, 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 but it doesn't. It's not his. I have to tell you that it really felt as though they took some interesting Ghostbuster themes oh, it's an, it's into an homage. this movie. It's a, they're homaging Ghostbusters. Oh, for sure. Because they have that machine. Yeah, yeah they have like, like he literally has his own PKE meter at yeah. one point, like a little thing that spins yeah. around when a ghost is near. But they never, that's the thing, that's what I'm saying, is they never commit to it. And what I was going to say about Casper is when I was first watching this movie is I thought that Grandpa like found a way to like collect souls or like bring people back to life or something with his tinkering because that's what Casper, like in the Casper movie, like there's a machine in his house that brings people back to life or something. That's where I thought we were going with this but no it's just that he has a bunch of like weird mechanical bullcrap in his basement i do think that what's interesting about this though is is i also feel like he's kind of the ultimate grandfather like with all of these contraptions like he feels like the kind of the cool grandfather that's like created all these gadgets like it was like you know it's kind of like an old inspector gadget i mean that's that okay hang on inspector gadget (laughs) didn't invent the gadget so he was made of gadgets what are you talking about no but i'm just saying i'm saying like his whole thing of just like being surrounded by gadgets and like i don't know i really liked his gadget no i didn't that's what i'm saying i liked it i just wish they had committed to it more because like you're right that's definitely how ian sees him as being like this super cool guy who had all these wacky gizmos but yeah because ian is sitting down in the basement he's all bummed like playing with stuff and the dad comes down to me and is like all right we got to throw all this shit in the dumpster tomorrow like pretty, pretty much yeah yeah obviously, obviously he doesn't say that but i'm saying like um, and Ian just has a full freak out where he's like, this was his vacuum cleaner that we built last summer. And then he just picks something up and he goes, I don't know what this is, but it was his and it's cool. Yeah. And then the dad kind of does his usual thing of like, well, at least, you know, you got, you, you did stuff yeah, yeah. with him. Like he never wanted to be near me when I was a child. And it's just like, they're really going to hit that home every chance they get in the first half of this film. But now it's time to break down the story of Zachariah. Of Zachariah. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're, they're gathered around the fire that evening, and she pulls out the flyer Warner gave her, and she's like, so what's up with this festival? Like, who's Zachariah Cole? And Ian says a line that I was confused by and then becomes massively, massively important later on. Grandpa always talked about him like he was some kind of inventor, and I was like, why, why would he why would he talk about him like that that doesn't yeah make at, at any this sense, point the audience like no Ian shut your fucking mouth I guess You're it's stupid. because the grandpa spoiler alert, I guess it's because the grandpa had read the newspapers already but he didn't seem like he cared to do anything I, I have that as a note later on I'm like did the grandpa actually like know this whole time but he was too like too busy with his toys to do we thinking about the Zachariah thing in the press? I don't know. Well, no, that's what I'm saying is I feel like he would have done that. Like, he, especially to piss off Warner. He would have been like, yo, you, you, this whole thing is stupid. You're wrong. History is, is, yeah, is that's not true. on they your side. Yeah, they were foes. But he just doesn't do it, apparently. He has all the yeah. information and just never gets there. Maybe he dies before that happens. Not to Maybe think Warner murdered him? A hundred fucking percent this is a murder story. Because <laughs> you know this small town doesn't have a good coroner. You know, like... <laughs> Warner knew exactly what to give him. 
I mean, the cops in this film, the first two don't even fucking speak. I think they're all on Warner's payroll. That's the other problem is Warner's untouchable. He brings yeah. I mean, tourists to this town. Like they can't do anything to him. Wow, we've, we've, we're only like half an hour in. We've totally cracked this mystery wide open. Yeah. yeah. But speaking of mysteries, let's go back to Zachariah because they're sitting around the fire. They're asking about Zachariah and the dad's like, he's like a local legend, like this old spirit that's said to haunt the hills. So he was like a pyromaniac, which they don't use that word, but that's what he was. And he burned a bunch of stuff up around town. And then eventually his wife like threatened to leave him and he burned her alive in their house. Yeah. Like they say that, like he lit the house on fire with her inside. He murdered his wife. This film had no, no issues with like just saying death, murder. They, they really didn't care. But also it's one thing to talk about like someone kind of being killed, but to like explicitly state being burned alive. Yeah. Yeah. That's a grotesque totally. level of detail. I know. That's why I was so shook. But I wonder if it also, and maybe I'm reading too much into this and the state of Massachusetts, but maybe they were really trying to lean into the history because they even mention it, right? They mentioned the like the Salem witch trials and like being burned at the stake, like his death. Sorry he to was jump ahead, but he was burned yeah. at the stake. So maybe they're really trying to lean into the... Or maybe it was a commentary on, like, how the press really falsely portrayed this and, like... I really want to see you land this, Dylan. Where are you going with this? The, the dramatization of yellow journalism oh, and, okay. you know, 1800s mass and, you know, when okay. we learned the press think, really fucked up. I think Dylan's basically trying to say, we have ourselves an example of the perils of fake news. <laughs> That's very true, but we also have something that is sick as hell. So they caught him, they burned him at the stake in what they call a fitting end, and like the night he was murdered, that courthouse burned down, and mm -hmm. they do this incredible shot of him like being a ghost and like walking away, and he's just like wreathed in flames, and I was just like, hell yes, fire ghost, that is rad as hell. I am so excited about there being a fire ghost in this movie. It's a rare it's a rare trope, but I do love it. Obviously, Nicolas Cage crushed it as um, the ghost rider. Wasn't he kind of on fire? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't. Okay. Well, he wasn't I'm not technically saying he needs a ghost. To be a ghost but I also don't know that the what like Nicholas Cage and like crushed like ever worked. Let's watch your fucking mouth. Are you kidding? National Sophie, treasure. Sophie, you got to remember the National oh Treasure God. episode we did. Yeah. <laughs> he is Sophie, if you want to remain Dylan's significant other by the end of this episode, you really got to watch yourself. <laughs> we do not talk ill of Nicolas Cage. If you're going to get in the cage, you better come prepared. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah, the Zachariah sequence is awesome. And this is one of the first things that hooked me is being like, God, I'm so into this already. But so Ian, they're all going to bed now. Ian has to sleep in the grandpa's room. And the dad's like, are you freaked out about sleeping in a dead man's bed? I, and he's I like, thought that nah. was kind of interesting. I'm like, Ian's like the littlest. I was like, your dad can't sleep in here? Like, I feel like a lot of kids would be like, this is kind of, I feel weird. And yeah, I will say as much as I was complaining about Ian, he's got some balls on. Him. He's he's willing to like throw himself into danger very quickly. I, I'm just gonna level set here. I am someone that believes in ghosts. You couldn't pay me. Well, they make it very clear he didn't die in there. Ian even asks that. He's like, did, did he die in there? And he's like, no. Yeah, apparently that made it a little better. But still, like, good thing the you dad's a doctor. I, I I think there's gonna be some therapy bills. I, I after, definitely after feel that. like they need to kind of do a a spring cleaning. They need of the a house. diffuser. Is, a diffuser is my, is my sure. argument. But yeah, so Ian's like, all right, we'll see what what shit happens tonight. Yeah, and, and Claire does a thing. 
thing where she like rattles, she climbed under the bed and like rattles it to scare him. And I was like, Claire, this is a don't look under the bed. <laughs> but uh, silly girl, silly, silly girl, Claire. you're in the wrong movie. But she does that and freaks Ian out and then starts laughing at him. But then he goes back to bed and like actual ghostly things start to happen. I don't know if we like see so much of the 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 same kind of color trails we saw before, but he, we get a lot of like, yeah. Yeah, like a lot of whispering yeah. to him, etc. And uh, some books fall off a shelf and he does the same thing, like running and freaking out. They're just like, oh, Ian, ghosts aren't real. You're fine. Whatever. You're a child. But I think Claire like picks up the books and starts to kind of be like, oh, they're from the library. And so then we cut to the next day and they're returning those books to the library. And I don't know if you guys picked up on this line, but she's like, well, I really shouldn't have let your grandpa check those out, but he can be so persuasive. And I was like, the grandpa was banging this librarian, oh, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Also, the the other line that, that she says that the slogan of the town... Like Steeple Falls, is it hot in here or is it just us? I that thought that was amazing. Was excellent. Did I you thought that was that? incredible. Yeah, yeah, because they're talking because they're talking more about like they, there's like a Zachariah exhibit at the library, and they're like, "What's all these weird pipes in a case?" And she's like, well, "Oh, they, it's they from also have more Zachariah's cabin than like any town in the country, right?" Because a ghost is setting them. Yes, yes. And, but but like this this was the scene that where it really clicked for me. Like I was saying, this is where the the humor really starts to like tilt my head a little bit because like we were talking about how sarcastic the dad's being, but like they give that thing. Where she's like, yeah, the town slogan isn't hot here, just us. And then he goes, I'm not kidding. It's on the t-shirt. He's just constantly trying to like <laughs> drop zingers on us. And I'm like, dude. But don't I, you are... feel like it's pretty pretty strong like dad humor? I mean, I guess, but it just comes out of nowhere is my issue. Yeah. yeah. So then he has to go to the post office and he leaves them outside and Warner comes up to them in his truck. I don't know what you're, I have a specific comment about this. I okay. don't know what Soaps is going to be. Mine but... is the way that he like, first of all, like get so close to her is is really alarming. Like to me, the stranger danger vibes blurring into being too close to a teenage girl is really prevalent. Oh, I mean, for me, the alarm bells concerning Warren of our Warner have already gone off. Yeah, but How, however, my, are you going to talk about? No, I was just going to say my comment. It's Warner, and then this other dude in the back of no, a, that's uh, his son. His son. In the back, there's two of a, sons, Jimmy and Johnny. I think. Yeah, they they <laughs> they are not they are not too bright. Um, they're riding in the back of this pickup truck with like I don't know an American flag and a Doberman, and I'm like I I would not want to be anywhere near these people. Most definitely, it's not a Doberman for the record. It's like a I mean it's just probably a mix, but it's, it's a like German some kind of, Shepherd. Yeah, yeah. But it's so it's so fluffy. It's like long haired. Anyway, he starts asking about the library books. He's asking about the books again, and like they, he's just like yeah, creeping up alongside of him. And I thought he ran into something, but like so it, there's like the one brother in the back, and then there's another one who's pulling some pumpkins on a tractor, and he like knock them all over the street. And like these guys are the most benign comic relief I feel like we've ever mm. seen, where they're just constantly like oh sorry dad, but like they never actually do anything. We never see them doing anything that funny. They just kind of like bump into each other every now and again. I don't know what the plan was for them. Also, I think the one thing we did miss was when they were at the library, I don't know if it was the librarian or who said it, but that Warner owns the land where Zachariah had his house, which is yeah. kind of an important line as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just important because, like, it, it just fills in the fact that, like, Zachariah being such a thing is, like, Warner is the one who's done that mostly, kind of. Like, the living, le- the legend thing, I think, wasn't just him, but he's the one who's made it, like, a thing. She, she says, oh, we're gonna put up a replica of his cabin, and there were, even gonna put in a theme park or something all that jazz then they go back home and 
I think it's time for busting. I think we're going ghost busting now. Uh, yes. I was get, my only note was there's like, is the dad, he's looking at, oh no, maybe it was Claire, who's looking at the, the little box that was behind the books. Oh, the box, that's like, what's before. Which I actually is kind else. of important, yeah, and it's like the old article with local boy accepted to Harvard and like some other stuff. Yeah, because so when they, they... When she got the books down, she saw the box. Did the books take yeah. back to the library? She saw the box. And then they come home and then she opens the box. And yeah, there's a bunch of like photos and articles of the dad and all that stuff. And the dad sees her looking at it. And she, she uh, and he's like, oh, that's like my sixth grade crafts project. And she's like, and he kept it all this time. And he goes, eh, probably just to make fun of me. He said, I didn't sand it properly. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude. rough stuff. Also, I love this dude's like, went to Harvard. He's a doctor in Boston. And he's still like rattled by like. Oh, he's still desperately crazy his father's approval desperately desperately like if he had died that would be his unfinished business yeah so then it cuts to later that night and those same kind of like swirling colors kind of a thing are going around the house and Ian like spots them or feels them or whatever and he gets the vacuum tucks up behind a corner and is like watching him go around and he has that thing that I mentioned that like spins around which is like a PKE meter from Ghostbusters I don't know if we see that he has the jar yet but I was very confused with what he was going for but he definitely is bu- ghost busting I want to be very clear that's oh, what's yeah. happening yeah so he's just like waiting outside the door uh, right around this corner and watching the ghost kind of go inside and out of doors and okay I need to talk about this up front and I'm not going to try and harp on it because the movie really doesn't how corporeal are these things because like <laughs> they can there's a lot of stuff that goes through them but they can only go through doors through keyholes and like cracks in them and stuff and then he just goes up and puts a jar on the keyhole and the ghost goes right in and he locks him inside and I was like are you not intangible can you not just get out of that but uh, he he can't go through the glass bottle apparently but I think the idea of it right is like it being enclosed because technically a keyhole is not enclosed yeah, but we've seen like Luke saying like they're they're like they should be able to walk through walls is what I'm saying. Yeah, because like they, like, like stuff gets thrown at them and them, it just goes they right go through, through things. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. like it, like I don't know why why there's rules that aren't given to us about no what they can and can't go through. Makeup yeah, I think this is where they failed in the Ghostbuster research. Right, <laughs> they didn't they didn't do as much research on the physical attributes of a ghost. Right. Well, also all I'm saying is you had to all you had to do is make it one of the grandpa's contraptions could catch a ghost and I would buy it yeah. because clearly he's the smartest man alive. So he traps a ghost and Claire's like, yo, what is going on up here? Like all this noise. And he goes, no, look. And he has, it's hard to describe. There's a guy in there. It's not just that he's like small. He's like all foggy. And you can see his face in some of his body. His outfit. Oh yeah. He's in like an best... old. No, no, no. Oh. He looks like Mario from Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Oh, I, I was going to say he's like just... an old, like, revolutionary... Like... No, that's Ed. We're not no, Ed yet. No, that's the other ghost. Which one the we're one talking about the one trapped. in the jar. Oh, we're no, talking no, no, about... No. Oh, we're ta- like we talking Mario about... Mario from Oh, Buster? Buster? Yes. Jumper. Jumper. Oh, my God. Jumper. Come on, it's a joke. Oh, Jesus. What I don't talking? think he looks like... He looks I, more further, like Wario. He looks more like Wario. Okay, I need to stop this entirely. <laughs> this is really Wario okay. wears purple. Isn't Jumper in like blue or purple? I don't think he looks like any of the Super Mario cast. He's wearing a <laughs> skydiving outfit because he died while skydiving. Who's the Who's the tall Who's the tall skinny dude who wears purple? It kind of looks a, li- a little pedo. Is that Wario? That okay? God, uh, Dylan, you can't say these things on the internet. Well, I guess you don't have a Twitter, so people aren't going to get mad at you. But you're talking about Waluigi. 
And everybody well, loves yeah, everybody loves okay. Waluigi. <laughs> I can't. love him too, but you know. Anyway, but okay, I do think that his outfit is similar to that of a man that jumps on mushrooms. He doesn't jump on Okay, God. <laughs> <laughs> he eats the mushrooms and becomes large. I guess well there are oh, mushrooms. Oh, he definitely Jumper's definitely on some mushrooms after some of the lines he's okay, he delivers all right, in this all right, film. All right, all right. I'm stopping this entirely. <laughs> I'm I'm discontinuing any Mario discussion that came out of nowhere. Look, they've got a ghost in a jar. That's as important. So they both kind of scream at each other. And then what's weird is so another color trail starts coming out of them. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but as the color trail is coming out of it's making the sound of footsteps. Yeah, and I was like, what? Yeah. Why would you make a footstep noise? You're a ghost. <laughs> I, that's just tricky, Ad. Oh, yeah. He, the ghost turns into a full person, and as Dylan said, he's dressed as a Revolutionary War soldier. He's British. Is he British? Yeah, he is. Yes. Eric Idle is British. He's in Monty Python, Dylan. No, I know. I've... His accent, I heard that he was British. I, I appreciated that nod to the British, I guess, colonialism. <laughs> Like, I don't really know what they were trying to... I thought he was trying to do, like, a twangy, like, Toronto accent. No! no. It's Eric Idle. He's just talking like Eric Idle. He's British. I think you're, like, really hung up on this Canadian thing. That's just how Eric just... Idle sounds. Yeah. Anyway, like, he's not even doing a voice. But it I... makes sense because people on both sides would have had British accents. It's, okay, I'm not... Again, God... <laughs> How is this podcast harder to control without Emma? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we can move on past this ghost. Okay, his name is Coffin Ed. Um, yes. We yeah. don't learn that yet. But he is like, and also for the record, I assume these are ghost code names because I don't know why, unless it was a very big coincidence that both they had the nickname, he had the nickname Coffin Ed and this guy who died to skydiving, whose name was Jumper. Very but, clever. Um, he's it, like, yeah. hey, so guess what? Yeah, yeah, I'm a ghost. Can I have that other ghost, please? I kind of need him back. And they're like, how about no? And he goes, how about this? And he does some terrible CGI face effects at them. Oh, that was terrible. Claire was like, you got to do way better. Yeah, that's the thing is they're not even scared. Claire's just like, that's so not what I needed right now. I was like, you and me both, Claire. Yeah. Hmm. What is more frightening, which is actually quite a good, and I can say this because I am British, are his teeth. Oh, yeah, they're a little messed up. They're a little messed up. And British people, like historically don't have good teeth. Well, I mean, also just people historically didn't have good teeth in Correct. the 1700s. That's true. This dude's fucking old. Yeah. But so he do- he's unable to scare them. And then he's just kind of like, all right, well, I'm going to leave then. And so he turns back into like, I'm just going to call it a mist, I guess. It's not mm. really a mist and flies away. And they start like running out of the house to follow him. And they're running through the woods. Wood the woods. We yeah, the, the, dark, the dark forest. We need uh, to pause on this. Because yes. I have a question for the two of you. As two people who grew up in a suburb, was running through a forest like a normal thing to do? Because as someone who grew up in a city, you couldn't pay It's not a good idea. At night, alone, with like witches and ghouls uh, okay, in there, Dylan, I would not. <laughs> that was not the question she asked. She asked, was it a thing? And the answer is yes. And I'm not And I'm not saying I did it because I'm not an outdoors boy. Yeah, we've gone through those woods at night by your house a lot, actually. Oh, have we, Dylan? Have we done that? Or I don't has know. someone gotten I, I, very drunk in my house and gone on adventures through the woods? I don't know who that would possibly be. Really? Must have been the same mystery person who threw up in two of my sinks and then refused to admit to it. Yeah, I don't I don't know who that, that person is either. Uh, yeah. Probably not allow that person back. It probably was a ghost, honestly. Yeah. I, honestly. Because to Dylan's point, there are witches out there for sure. That, that's that's, for, that's oh, canon. Oh, 100%. Like, like, absolutely. Sorry. Do you think there's more likely that there are witches than ghosts? But it's not it. But I, I was just saying witches as an example. But in my experience of walking around at night in a forest, you think everything possible 
possibly is coming to kill you. Like I've like right. a werewolf is behind me. A killer demon hawk is going to, I don't know, swoop down and cut my head the off. Demon I don't hawk. know. I don't know. Like, the that's the you're, demon you're, just, you're just creating things in your brain that are coming to kill you because like there's no you like you you know you shouldn't be out here. And the only people who are out here are people who also shouldn't be out here. But but yeah. because they've been shunned by society, they have nowhere else to go. But they're running through the woods. They're following his mist and they lose track of him. But then Claire's like, I think he's heading that way because and they look up and they see a bunch of other mists all heading in one direction but so they find a full-on like decrepit castle mansion kind of thing in the woods which for a town that's so obsessed with like legends and stuff you feel like would be a more notable place around here yeah i don't know how far in the woods they are but it, it can't be that far and you think that you think warner would turn that fucking thing into a tourist attraction if he found it yeah totally but so we get to see inside of it before they come down it i think where we like zoom in through the chimney where all the spirits are going and stuff and so like i said it's just kind of the not exactly obviously but it's like a ghostly waiting room kind of like bureau afterlife bureaucracy i'll say no no no. first of all this transition was very jolting like i found all of these people and all the stimulus in this place like a very insane transition from them just running through the forest. That's true. Yes, it is. It, I agree with you. Yes, it is definitely like, it oh, okay. It felt like a fucking war zone. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of people just it saying things haptic very loud. household. The and North also, American retrieval zone yes, is what I think it is. It's, I think it's like zone six. Zone I six, say. it is. And there, yes. like, there's, like a, there's like a typewriter that types that on the screen. That's like, da 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 Yeah. Yeah, I, I paused during that part of the movie and just turned to Dylan and go, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, what was that? And this is, again, this is where the humor is also super weird because there's like 7 million jokes per second where you're like going over how all these people died like there's visual gags of like them like holding the things that killed them or whatever it's very overwhelming but then there's like a lady who's like hi thank you for dying hi thank you for dying like all that stuff and I was literally are they just gonna keep saying that people have died and are dying and all that stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And yes, they do. They commit 100% oh, yeah. to us. This is like a 10-minute sequence. It is, and and it's great. Oh, I totally agree. It's <clears> a um, very but, good scene. But they go inside, and like the floor collapses underneath them, and they land. Oh, I'm sorry, but before they land, we get to meet my f- absolute favorite character in the film, seconded by Zachariah. I do love Zachariah, but because the plot kind of peters out with him, freaking Kathy and Jimmy as Mariah in this movie is the freaking best. Yes. Oh, she she's money in all my notes i have her is is jennifer coolidge especially in this like dress (laughs) i don't know maybe it's because we've just recently watched white lotus and we have her on the brain but (laughs) who can tell them apart okay anyway it's very easy it is i mean i i agree with you but i also think she seems very like frazzled and she appears to be a magic ghost well i mean Every ghost is a magic ghost. We're not sure how, it. yeah, her power, I know what you're saying. But she like, has, retrieving. like, special powers. She has special powers, but that doesn't come up until the end, and I want to talk about it more there. But the thing that I agree with you wholeheartedly on is that, like, they basically told her, you're like an overworked office manager mm-hmm. who has been doing this for, like, a thousand years. Kathy Jimmy was like, I got it. And she absolutely crushes it. She's also wearing, like, a wedding dress, because I presume she died uh, at her wedding or something. I don't freaking know. Yeah. But... 
So Coffin Ed comes back to her and is like, oh, we have some issues. And she goes, no, 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 I don't have time for issues. There's a lot. We've got all these souls to process, et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, and where is Jumper? And he goes, well, that's one of them. And then uh, the two kids land after falling through the floor. And she goes, and then he's like, well, they are also like the two other ones. Yeah, they got a whole mess of problems. Yeah, and I love her reaction is not to just totally freak out or anything. She's just like, okay, you've got to go. Bye. You didn't see any of this. Get out of here. She's just, she's like, this is impeding with my, with my Thursday night and I'm, I need you guys out of here. Yeah, she like steals the glass jar from Ian and then Coffin Ed breaks it open. Jumper gets out and like they, they basically like strike a deal of the fact that their grandpa did not cross over and Coffin Ed and Jumper were in the house looking for his spirit to take it to this collection center so it could walk through this mirror into the afterlife. That's how you get to the afterlife apparently. Mm-hmm. And so they they obviously ask a bunch of questions like why would he stay? What is this place? Etc. It's it's basically what we told you. You really, they act like it's a big explanation but they nail it in like one second and like yeah that is what this is and i was like yeah, yeah you didn't, it's not that hard to explain what's going on but claire is like walking around checking all this stuff out and she almost like walks into the afterlife mirror and mariah has to be like hey no no you'll have your chance later and then i took that to mean that claire is dying very soon because she says like you'll have your chance soon and i was like and she goes i'm gonna die and eric idol gives another great line which is everybody's dying which i was like there had to be one kid who watched this movie and was like oh god i'm gonna die one day but that's where isn't that the moral right there kids you're gonna die it's it's a very tangible life lesson for a child to know. I thought it was a good life lesson. Yeah, it's also something we all realize at some point that like we're going to die. Um, I realize that sometimes uh, multiple times throughout the day um, and have like a brief existential crisis and then I get back to like watching YouTube or whatever. Yeah. Do <laughs> your breathing exercises. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, because it's like, what are you going to freaking do? I mean, I think that's definitely, I mean, it's not the message of this movie. What is the message of this movie? I guess it's that, right? Is that like everybody dies, but also like, I don't know what the message is with the Zachariah stuff. Is the message that fake news is bad? Maybe. <laughs> I think this film's a lot of political commentary. <laughs> okay. But they, they basically, they confirm for them, yeah, your grandpa's a ghost. He's hanging around his house. We don't know why. And they're like, okay, listen, we will get him to come here, but you have to let him finish whatever his unfinished business is. And they're like, yeah, fine. Because, you know, he's like a, a red mark on our ledger. We've got to yeah. get these souls Need through those the debits afterlife. and credits balanced for sure. But, it, but it just, it's very easy to convince them. I want to make it very clear that like, yeah. that they're just like, we'll handle it. Don't worry. And they're like, okay, fine. Two children. I think at this point, Sifu's mom is just so fucking exhausted. She's like, I'm, I'm fine to make any deal. Like, just get out of here. But here's what I'm also, I kind of expected her to be included more in the plot line. Yeah, she kind yeah. of doesn't come until in, in the end, and she's yeah. on the movie poster. Well, when you get Kathy to Jimmy, you gotta put her on the poster. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're gonna market the shit out of I that. Also, Are you kidding me? I have to pause and mention one line, because Dylan and I both looked at each other. They said, wait till hockey season. Yeah, that's one of the Canadian yeah. lines I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the coast goes, just wait for the hockey season to that. start. And I'm like, this is definitely just some writer. Yeah, because they're like looking through the register of everybody's supposed to come. And it's like, wow, it's not as many as I thought. And then Eric Idle goes, wait till hockey season. Yeah. Yeah, didn't understand. But I guess also Boston and Massachusetts are hockey people. So that kind of refutes your whole Canadian. I don't think there are Tim Hortons in Boston. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, the line I want, I did want to mention because I thought it was a really fun bit of consistency is that, like I said, there's a bunch of just kind of random lines thrown out of the background, but multiple times you hear them say, no cell phones. Like, you can't, like, no no using your cell phone in the yeah. collection oh, center. Yeah. And, like, at the end of this scene, a girl comes through on her yeah. cell phone and Eric Idle just goes, hey, no cell phones, love. And I just, for some reason, I found that really funny, like, that small bit of world building that you can't use your cell phone in the afterlife. But the important thing we do need to talk about, this is my biggest criticism of the entire film. In this scene where they're negotiating with Jumper, Mariah, and Coffin Ed and, like, learning about them, like, what their deal is and what's going on with their grandpa, Jumper tells them that the reason he and Ed were at the house is because they were looking for the grandfather's soul to help him come over to the afterlife. That's their job. And he says, we're the soul patrol. That's Mm -hmm. our job. And I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see how they become the Scream team. And that never happens. No, I had the same note. I said, why is the film not called the Soul Patrol? Like, why is it Scream team? The only reference I have for the phrase Soul Patrol, wasn't there a guy on American Idol who that was like his thing in like the 2000s? I think that was after this though. But I wonder if that's just like a phrase you can't copyright or something. Like someone has had to use the term Soul Patrol for like their album or something, you know? I'm going to throw Soul Patrol into the Google it in the film what's the difference between the copyright of, of saying it well i'm saying because you can't make it the title time. then because you can't make it the title because you like the the film like you can use throw it off of the film who cares but if you title it you have to copyright that it's interesting though in terms of soul patrol yes you are correct soul oh patrol, taylor hicks taylor is that hicks what this is? Oh. the fans of taylor hicks of american idol refer to themselves as the soul patrol fandom yeah but that i'm also looking at, at that that was 2006 so this predates that so taylor hicks is confirmed a huge fan of the, 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 the movie the scream team <laughs> yeah what i think it is and this is th- i'm going i'm basing this off of the trivia on Wikipedia, which is not always very accurate, but they say that this was developed from a pilot that was supposed to be like a series. And I feel like this is the setup for a series that these two kids team like hmm. come to come to this spooky little town in in Massachusetts. And spoiler fan of the movie, they end up staying there because apparently they have no friends or family in Boston that they'd want to yeah. see and <laughs> spend time with. So wet. And but I think the I think what it was is that like if this were the show they would team up with the ghosts to become the scream team and they would use like the grandpa's inventions to help souls get to the afterlife. The scream team sounds like a group of kids that hunt ghosts basically and they're not that and they never call themselves Scream Team in this movie so I don't know why it's called that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they make this deal with them to help their grandpa. They uh, go back home and their dad called the police because he thought they were missing because he was out of the house at the time and he came back and they were gone. The excuse they give is that they went frog Frog hunting. hunting? Yeah, of course. Everyone knows you go deep into the woods at night to go frog hunting. I mean, I would have said I went for a walk in the woods. Have you you guys ever frog hunted? At this point, they... No, at this point, they should have just fucking said, yeah, we were doing witchcraft in the woods. I'm sure they would have been like, all right, see ya. But so the dad like yells them a little bit for going off into the woods at night without him. They wake up the next morning. For some reason, someone at Disney Channel decided, you know what? This shot of the house the next morning doesn't look kooky enough. We need to add a robotic rooster from nowhere <laughs> that's off screen to wake them up to indicate that it's Yeah, that was morning. in the lawn. That was horrible. Yeah, that's something the grandpa invented, I guess. But so the, the dad's gonna like run out to, out to town for 
for a bit and they go up into the grandpa's room to try and summon his spirit since that's where Ian had contacted with him. And he has a dust buster because he's like, just in case he's not willing. And I was like, do you think that's going to work? I'll give him credit that the vacuum kind of worked on Ed a little bit when he met him the first time. We didn't describe that, but he used the vacuum on him, but Ed got out of it. But like, why does he think just a normal dust buster is going to work? It's so small. What the fuck's that going to do? Like the one they were using, it's like his grandpa's supercharger. He's got a freaking outboard motor on that thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But so they just spent some time like, I actually kind of like the scene where they're like trying to summon him and she's like, oh, I summon the spirit of Frank Carlisle. And he's just like, Grandpa, we want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, he does appear after a beat. And like, he's kind of a shitty ghost where he can't really talk right now. He's kind of just like standing there silently and they're like, Grandpa, what are you, what are you hanging around for? What do you want us to help you with? Like, it's fine. We will help you. And before he can even get a word out, we start to see something come down from the fireplace in his room. Some flames start to, and only the grandpa sees their back is to it. And he just goes, Ian, Claire, and freaking Zachariah Cole himself appears in roiling flames. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He came in hot. (laughs) Proud of that? You proud of that, Dylan? <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah, now who's doing the dad humor, Dylan? Yeah. How about like he came, he came in guns blazing? Is that better? That's no, a little better. It, but there were no guns involved. You how about, know. How about, how about he came he, he in could've... smoking? <laughs> he just turned to the camera and gave a big Jim Carrey, smoking. <laughs> That Ryan Cole is just a mask. But so I was like, okay, wait, this is awesome. But also, why are you here, Zachariah Cole? Why do you have beef with this grandfather? And what he actually does is he, like, shoots some fire and, like, absorbs his ghost into a little fire orb in his hand. Uh, and he lights the curtains on fire as, like, something to remember me by. The guy playing Zachariah Cole, by the way, is doing this incredible balance of underacting and overacting in every single scene. Yeah. You didn't really give enough justice. He really squashes the grandpa. It is kind of like a squashing, similar to that of, like, a you stepping on a bug, right? Like, it, there's really a... Yeah, I had, I had smashes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he fucking gets him. He's effectively stolen his grandfather's soul. Yeah. And now Ian will have to... Tra- and now yeah. Ian will have to travel to Duelist Kingdom in order to compete with other duelists at the chance of defeating him and saving his grandfather's soul. That's a Yu-Gi-Oh joke, everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> See, Dylan, I acknowledge when my jokes are bad and I make sure people get them. But yeah, he just freaking yoinks their grandpa and then disappears in a battle flame, leaving their house on fire. They put it out with a fire extinguisher. The dad comes in being like, why did you start this fire? And they're like, we didn't, but we're not going to be able to explain to you how it did start. That happens like three times in this movie and no one asks any more questions beyond that. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to call it there to take a quick break. So everybody... Feel free to stop and get yourselves a treat or a trick, and we'll be right back. and ghosties and unidentified spirits. I, I don't know. 
No, that was that was good. That was good. Yeah. I, I I was so hard fighting doing the Dracula vampire voice that I can do, but I was like, no, this this isn't this isn't mom's gotta date with a vampire. I gotta I'm gonna slam you, you can for that save, You can She's save like, that for that. I guess I could have gone for like the ghost host, but you know, at the time the moment's passed. Anyway, the grandpa has been kidnapped by a fire a stronger fire ghost. The dad thinks they tried to burn the place down. Um he also finds he he also finally finds that box the grandpa left for him. Yeah. Whatever. Sentimental moment. Exactly. But they run back to uh what's it called? Collection the, center. The, the retrieval. Collection Zone center. You sound like you're at the fucking DMV. <laughs> it is. It's supposed to be like the DMV. It be, it, yeah. It honestly it looks more organized than the DMV. Also, is this where there's a ghost reading the Dead Times? Yeah, that was I thought that was great. Yeah, I think that that's Ed. Yeah. Is because so they run in back to the collection center and are like, "Hey guys, um, the evil fire ghost killed our uh, not killed obviously kidnapped our grandpa of uh, his spirit or whatever." And yeah, Ed is like sitting on a couch like reading. Ed's just chilling out. Everybody's just kind of chilling out. And the second they say Zachariah Cole. Everybody's like on edge. They're like, oh, God damn it. You had to fucking bring him up. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Like I said, it's not like they're scared. They're just like this freaking guy. We got to deal with him again. (laughs) And they basically fill it like they're like, why is he actually a ghost? He died like 200 years ago. Why is he still around? And they're like, he's a special case. He's also like really annoying because he kidnaps souls and uses their life force. And another issue I have in this movie, they never say why, why he does. Well, I think, I, I think I that's just a... so how, how he keeps existing and like th- later when they're in that mind like they say he's powering up I think he just gets power yeah from... but to what yeah, end but, but like, my question you guys to fucking uh, generate fire how can ghosts have fucking life force? Well, I think, no, I think it's that they are life force. Like, they are the life force of the person. But that's the, but they're draining these already dead spirits that are stuck in this well. It, it, I mean... It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. We're meant to not think about it. We're meant and to be 12-year-old if, if, children. If, yeah, if you don't yeah, think so about it, it makes sense. They're, exactly. But so, they're like, we got, all right, well, we got to go stop him because he's got our grandpa. And they're all kind of like... Hard pass. We don't want to do any of that. No no interest in fucking with Zechariah. But the kids are like, what are you talking about? That's literally your guys' job. And I, what I love about this is they don't say it, but they basically, like, uh, Mariah is basically tells them, like, we've kind of just been turning a blind eye to what he's doing yeah. because we don't <laughs> want to deal with him. Because... They, they, they explained he takes these souls and he puts them in like a mine shaft on the north side of town. South side He holds up town. in a cave outside of town. And south side. South, no, south side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> south side of town. And uh, he keeps the souls there and he just kind of like feeds off their energy or whatever. And they're basically like, he only takes one every now and again. Yeah, they're so like, it doesn't uh, really fuck up our books too well, much. the comment about the book. Oh, yeah, amazing comment. Two things. But this is also one of the, the best ba- jokes in the movie. Two yes. things. One, because what's interesting is she says that they have a success rate of 99.99%. So Zachariah is really just a pain in that 0.01%, if you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. And then I will let you, Luke, say the line. The best line. She says, even with Zachariah, we still have a 99.9999% success rate. That's the second best in the continent. And Coffin Ed, freaking Eric Idle, (laughs) just lounging over in the corner. Casually throws out a zinger. Second only to New Jersey, but we all all know New Jersey cooks the books. Yeah, they doctor their books. (laughs) They doctor the books. 
<laughs> Great dig at New Jersey out of nowhere. Also, because of Ed's fucking revolutionary costume, I just have him in my notes at a certain point as like Hamilton or Aaron Burr, different <laughs> characters throughout you know, throughout that time period. Okay. And there's obviously some great, you know, everything's legal in New Jersey and in Hamilton. I was just going to say, I think Ed is probably like the original New Yorker. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, none of these comments on New Jersey are wrong. Okay. Let's not offend the New Jersey viewers. Well, because also that actually, Dylan brings up a great point, is I think this is the scene where they drop that Ed has been around longer than anybody. Long time. Ed has been around for a very long time. And they we actually, we didn't explain it super well. Basically, these guys get assigned these jobs. So like when they died, whoever runs the afterlife, even Kathy and Jimmy's character hasn't met them. We're like, hey, instead of passing on, you have to run the collection center. You guys have to be on Soul Patrol. And there's a line here. And I feel like a wire got crossed somewhere on this script where Eric Idle says... Oh, of course, this has to happen the week before I retire that uh, I have to deal with Zachariah Cole now. And then in a later scene, it turns out that it's Mariah who is supposed to retire. And Ed has been stuck doing this for like 300 years longer than all of them. Yeah. And so I was I I, I feel like they meant to get that line to Mariah or something. It's super weird. That's kind of a thing about Ed's character. They don't do a lot of character work with any of the ghosts, honestly, which is kind of disappointing. Oh, because there's a ton of of character work on the other characters. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. But Ed. This kind of thing is that he's got a very who cares attitude and I can't that's what I was saying is I can't tell if that was Eric Idle not caring about this small town that's small time British Disney Channel stoicism. Movie. that's <laughs> just the Brits for you giving that stoic up a lip fair enough fair enough but he but like he he runs away at the first sign of like any mild inconvenience and he's just like eh because they're like okay we have to take on Zachariah Cole and Jumper is like you know what you're right we've been he's been a thorn in our side for too long let's do it and Ed is like hard pass yeah. for sure Jumper manages to get Ed on board and I think this is where the soul patrol phrase comes yes. back right. where it's like we're doing it but so the soul patrol sets out and they start hiking up in the mountains um up to where they say Zachariah holds himself up I did like <laughs> Kind of this, as much as you're because the hole yeah it is a hole that's a good point but so they they I, I as much as you were saying how you enjoyed uh cat dang's character sophie i actually really liked her in this scene where while we're talking about she's not being a, a big stupid idiot dude and just being like yeah we're gonna go get him yeah. she's like but wait a minute this doesn't make any sense. Like, Zachariah, they mentioned Zachariah's sticking around for revenge. What does he want to take revenge on? Like, he killed his wife and they killed him for it. Like, why would he want revenge if that's what happened? They're like, oh, well, he's just a freaking crazy pyromaniac. Why would, why do you need to put logic into this? Yeah. And shut, shut up, woman. Don't don't try and think about this, essentially. <laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, but she's not, like, to be fair, to be one. fair, Ed, Ed probably wouldn't be super cool about women. He's from the revolutionary times. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But Claire, like, admits that she's a bit scared. And I think that the movie is basically giving us our other life lesson, which is lean into our fears. Become the scream team that you want to see in the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But but she's but she's making all this these points, and Ian's like, listen. None of this matters because whether or not he's actually a, a crazy evil guy, he has grandpa. We know this. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to go save grandpa. And she's like, that's a fair point. Okay, let's go. So they continue hiking and they like find the sealed off mine shaft. They have to tear like the wood off so they can get inside. It's actually a pretty good gag where they're like throwing wood at a jumper to for him to help and it just passes right through him. And then they go in the shaft. And I love that they're screaming, like, their whole plan out loud as they're in, like, the villain's lair. Yeah. Like, you'd think they'd also, be a very little... Also, like, 
Also, by the way, very glad that the elevator still works in this closed down mine shaft. Oh, yes. And then that there's like electric lights situation yeah. in Yeah. Well, apparently oh, yeah. Ed's doing that. He said he's doing that. I don't know how. I don't, I don't know think why they had like electricity when Ed was around, though. Oh, either. they absolutely didn't. No, no. <laughs> but so they, yeah, they're walking down this hallway and like, but also you're saying they're talking about their plan. They don't have a plan. No. They brought the vacuum with them that they used to kind of trap Ed at the beginning, which I don't know what power outlet that thing's connected to. No maybe idea. Ed is, maybe Ed is just an electric ghost or something. I don't oh, know. Oh, God. See, I know what you mean by life force. That's the whole point. Oh, it's a power scheme. It's a I yeah. Okay, can we actually, okay, can we jump ahead for a bit? But they, they touch on the natural gas element in a second. Did you not think that's what there was going to be a natural gas scheme in here? Oh, well, 100%. That, like, the, that the land was going to be worth but worth money because it had natural Look, gas in the it? Whole this, point. This, this film is literally a fucking political and social commentary on PG&E <laughs> in the current day. That's what it is. I cannot comment on PG&E because my father is currently involved in a lawsuit against them. <laughs> oh, God, please let this episode be played in the court of law. <laughs> we have hard evidence here, sir. But no, I totally agree. I thought there was going to be some like natural gas element in terms of like the town needing it. And there was like a whole scheme from Warner, the town guy, whatever, to try and utilize the natural gas. But none yeah, of that. Yeah, I thought was he there. was going to like, I thought he was going to like sell the land. Yeah, usually there's a financial motive. Yeah, there was going to, and they're not, it's not that there isn't, because he's making a lot of money off yeah. the festival, which is what it is about. But he owns all this land that has this natural gas on it. And I was expecting there to be, that to come into play a little bit. But I guess people like know there's natural gas up there. So it's not like it's a secret. But so dude, what I was saying was, you say they're talking about the plan. There is no plan. No. They're, like Ed is like saying like yeah the kid's gonna do all the work and we're just gonna get the souls out or something like that. They don't know what they're gonna do, but so they they walk into the cavern where the pit is where all the souls are. And this is what I was talking about is my favorite effects shot is they have Zachariah just like hovering over the 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 pool like absorbing all life force and they clearly just told the actor to just kind of flail his arms about in like yeah. a mystical manner and then they green screened him into like a fire effect kind of doing like a a yoga kind of like arm movie. You can't see the audience right now because it's a podcast, but I'm He's absolutely doing, doing the arm movement. the famous Jane Fonda seven minute arm circle workout routine. Yes, absolutely he is. <laughs> no, he's just, he is. He's, he's, he's getting ripped by by taking these souls. Yeah. But so their plan is that they just go in there and use the vacuum on them and it yeah. starts to work really, really well. Yes. And I had the note here. I was like, are the other ghosts gonna do anything? Because it seems like the kids kind of got yeah. this handle of this vacuum. I think Ed's just, just checked out, to be honest. No, seriously. Where where the fuck is our patrol? Where is our soul patrol? Exactly. And then freaking the, the vacuum, like the engine dies or something and he gets out. But uh, Claire also falls down the hole and there's a whole extended sequence of them oh, trying to get her we out. We need to talk about this. I think I think Dylan and I may have the same note. My note was this reminds Silence me of Silence of the, of the Lambs. Lambs. Yeah. For sure. Oh, I well I guess we should say we, they, we do get some shots of the hole where it keeps its souls. And it's probably maybe the creepiest thing in the movie it's is just like so the faces frightening. coming out and being like, help me. Like, but also the thing that pissed me off about this scene is like while he's helping her pull her up, Ed comes over to try and help and he can't grab the rope. <laughs> and I was like, can you not touch anything? I assumed if you tried, you could. Because he picked up that jar earlier so he could break it and let Jumper out. True. I think Ed was just lazy. He just didn't want to work out. Uh, yeah, that's actually a great point. I don't think Ed wanted to help. Yeah. Ed doesn't care about that's any it. of this. And I don't know if Eric Idle cares about any of this. So while that's happening, Jumper is just like, all right, you know what? 
let's do this. It's my time. Bring it on, Zachariah. I got this. And he immediately gets soul absorbed and he doesn't do anything. And I and so I look, my note was, are the ghosts not going to do anything? Next note, no, I guess they can't do anything. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a big surprise that Jumper was going to be t- taken immediately and no one really gave a shit. Yeah, even Ed, like he... He says he cares, but he really doesn't act like it. No. no. But so he absorbs Jumper and then Zachariah leaves. Then they just freaking leave the mine shaft. And I was like, wait, can you not help the people in the mine shaft now that he's gone? Way too much work. Yeah, apparently, like, I guess maybe they needed to, they, by sending him to the afterlife is how they free him. They don't make that clear. And then they get out, but they get in trouble with the cops because there's like a burn hole in the shaft and the cops are like, were you guys playing with fire around here? You know, there's like a ton of natural gas. You could have literally blown this entire town up. The amount of emotion I just conveyed in my voice is one million times more than any emotion these cops gave their lines. No, it was very weird. I found them like very disconcerting. It was so nonchalant. Yeah, give me anything because they haul them in to the police station where the dad is waiting and they're like, so they did a bunch of crimes, but they were going to let them go. And the dad is like, I'm so incalculably mad at you. This is like the third time that the cops have had been contacted about you. As this is going on, there's a poster for the Halloween fair with this poster of Zachariah Cole. And someone, Dylan will appreciate this, someone is pulling a Phantom of the Megaplex and has cut the eyes out. Of course. He's looking through it. Warner, of course. I don't think we see it's Warner, but like, no, I mean, we do. We do. No, we do. We see see him lurking, yeah. I was just thinking of the Phantom that we don't see it. But yeah, of course it's Warner. There's no no one else in this town. What if it was the librarian, huh? That'd be a turn. Oh. Oh, God. No, don't. Now you're putting her down. She's like, you know, the great female librarian in the movie. She's fine. She doesn't get a name, Sophie. It's not like she's... I'm just, I was just yeah, throwing out I, the only I found, character you've met in this I town. found her performance quite powerful. I thought it was really powerful, and I think it really... Again, life lesson number four, kids. Read more books. That way you can bang the inventor grandpa in the town. But uh, did I, do you guys have the note yet? At a certain point, they go back to the library for the books and they're gone and the librarian's like oh only Warner was looking at these he must have taken them I don't know yeah because that, that'll come up in a second but they're all back at the house and the dad is just like flipping out on the kids being like I don't know what's gotten into you guys I mean they, they kind of make they, I say they make jokes it's not a thing you should make jokes about about the fact that they're like going through the stages of grief because their grandpa died and the, well then they all this is the line Soph was talking about earlier when Claire goes what is it with all the men in this family yes and then the dad goes that's just the thing your mother would have said which is the and, first time. And I, was, and I was waiting for some somber music moment about, you know, you were so little when she passed or some shit. But luckily, they didn't have enough energy to give us that. No, thankfully. we don't even get, we don't even get, oh, oh wait, I wait, miss we don't her. That. We don't get a, she would have yeah, been so proud of you. Well, I think that would have taken away because what they're, the, the, the reason she goes there is because the dad is blowing up on the kids for doing wrong, obviously, but then it devolves into a thing about like the fact that you don't care about any of grandpa's stuff. Right. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. And then that's where it comes from. So for the a Disney Channel is never afraid to do a hard transition into a deep topic. But I think they would have taken away from that because I, I don't know if I said it when we were talking about this earlier, but I do feel like in a movie that's about ghosts, if these kids had a dead mom and started asking about like they would they would ask questions about that. They would yeah. be like, hey, so is our mom's good in the afterlife oh, or whatever? That's, yeah. that's a good point. I oh. hadn't thought about that. But the reason that we don't get it anymore is because someone has lit gasoline 
lean on the front lawn to say, stay away. And I actually like this moment for the dad because the dad is threatening to take them back to Boston the next yeah. day. Like, they, then they're like, no, we've got to do ghost stuff. I think at this point, they've fully tried to explain to him the fact that ghosts are real and they're trying to help them. Um, and he's like, super don't believe any of this, obviously. But but then, yeah, but then this threat change, yeah, changes yeah. We cut, we cut to the next morning. And they're having breakfast, and the dad's like using a fucking walnut cracker. Yeah, I was gonna. That was literally. He has the nut machine, the nutcracker. That's at night, because why would you start your day with a walnut? What do you mean? Why would you start your day with a walnut? Because like they're eating breakfast. Why would he be like, you know what? I could really go for with these bacon and eggs is a good old cracked well, walnut. He might, Luke, he he might, might have be been trying to make yogurt like, and walnut or banana walnut muffins. I have a note about the nutcracker, but it's before the stay away. Okay, no, I, I just. But that's fine. I got the order wrong but if you think i have walnuts for breakfast so you're just you're not getting in <laughs> I, I was just doing a bit i didn't mean to affect Luke, your walnut nuts that's another thing. I of eat this plenty though. of nuts. <laughs> but yeah, further, well, now that we're talking about the nutcracker, we talk about the nutcracker for a second. Why did he need to make such an elaborate nutcracker? I think nutcracker technology is pretty solid. Pretty, it was just it's the crazy. handheld it nutcracker. Was the most I don't know. useless invention. I was so confused. But I did love that the whole time throughout the film, the dad's been bitching about how, you know, his father spent more time with his toys than him and all that shit. And now, now he's fucking using that nutcracker. We, but he's thankful now. Anyway, he, he ends up becoming a boss ass bitch yeah because the next morning they're like so we're pretty sure warner set our lawn on fire and also we think he stole those books from the library there's some stuff going on with him etc and the grandpa and the the dad's like i think he did it too so we're staying here because i don't like people threatening my family no one threatens my goddamn to which i said if you don't like people threatening your family wouldn't you leave because like (laughs) he's like like, what is he gonna do like i think we're in danger now we're staying right here. Yeah, because he's like, I I don't like people danger. I was like, what are you gonna do? Beat him up? Like, like what are you talking about? Like at this point, your children have been in the woods at night and in an old ghastly mine shaft. You. Oh gosh. Sorry, some kind of ghost. What the hell was that? <gasps> that was just. Oh, no. <laughs> that was just. <laughs> something definitely just like moved behind us. I think it was just a trash bag, but that was really. That was spooky. terrifying. That, what the oh, fuck no. was that? That oh, was no. really. No, I'm creepy. scared to look behind me. <laughs> I, I would highly advise against it. Oh my god, there's wind blowing and ghosts blowing. Oh, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> but so now so, the dad's all like, if, if this town's going down, we're going down too. <laughs> sure. But sure. they go on the hunt up to uh, Zachariah's cabin. Yes. And so this is where things really start to unravel for me in terms yeah. of the Zach- Zachariah and Warner stuff. Yeah. Is that like they're walking up there, Edge doing more ghost stick, whatever, and talking about how they want to get Jumper back. But they go up to the hill and she's like, yeah, there's like a massive crater where the house blew up. And I was like... What, what, hang on a second. Hold the phone. What do you mean his house blew up? They said his house burned down. Those are two different things. Like, why would his house just have blown up because it was on fire? There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how, because they do get there and there's a massive crater where the house stood. And I was like, how could anyone look at this crater and thought, well, clearly something just burned down. Like, no, something exploded here. And I, I, okay, I, I kind of just want to dive into this now because this is really where this movie loses me because this becomes a whole pipe mystery where there's a pipe at the bottom of the crater that she sends Ed down to have a look and like all the other pipe fittings and stuff that that was found in the library. I think that's when they go to the library and actually discover the books are gone. My mistake, that happens after the pipe 
investigation. Yes, but yes, yes. What this is, is that, like, it's all about the natural gas that we were talking about. There was natural gas on the land, and that's what blew the house up. It was an accident. He didn't actually mean to murder his wife. Mm-hmm. He's not a crazy pyromaniac. There's more to it that we'll get into in a bit. But... Like, they spend so long getting there on this goddamn pipe mystery, and it's just not as interesting as the movie thinks it is. Also, I mean, first red flag, why would the pipe still be there? Yeah, yeah, freaking Warner just, I guess it's really long, maybe, so it's hard to get out. But Warner just, like, threw some brambles over it, yeah, and it was, like, it was perfectly covered by like, tracks. Right away, yeah, I see the pipe. How has no one ever seen this? Yeah, also, like, that assumption, how she gets from... Yeah, it just feels very unnatural. Oh, I get it. Was that a joke? Natural gas. Yeah, natural gas. <laughs> oh, dang, that's, like, my second one of an unintentional joke. That <laughs> oh, is wow. On fire! <laughs> You get it? <laughs> yeah, Luke, you're heating up big time. So yeah, Ehrenberg goes into the pipe, and then they notice a fucking dingo standing behind them. It's Warner's dog. Dingo. Yeah. A dingo, I ain't my baby. That no, it's it's like a German shepherd. It's Warner's dog from the truck earlier. Yeah. We see it again later. It's not that big a deal. It's protecting the land. Um, but they have Ed keep it busy, and they run off because they run into town, and they run into Warner again, and the and like this is sometime later because the dog is back there. And it's all tired out because Ed was, like, chasing it around without a body. Yeah, they go to the library. They know Warner has the books. And then they, they, they go outside and Warner sees them because they see his truck. And he, yeah, and like, he tells them they should stay away very, like, very subtly but unsubtly. Where yeah, he literally goes, what like, did you just say? Away. And then he's like, you heard me. Yeah, you know exactly um, what I said. But then they decide to break into his home. Of course. Of course. A to These B kids logical. really have racked up the felonies in this film. I, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Ian... I hope Ian, their dead mom was a lawyer, but... <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. Ian's just like, well, let's break into this man's house. Because they go over there with Ed, and Ed, you know, goes through the keyhole, opens it on the other side. Did you notice Warner has a picture of just himself, like, with his Warner fucking stupid face, like, just hanging in the living room? It's just oh, a of picture course. of he's himself. A very, he's a very self-centered man. <laughs> uh, it, it, but, also, but it wasn't, it wasn't good at all. No, no, but also, I don't, did you guys pick this up that his mailbox was a the hammer? The hammer, yes. I actually loved that. That was that great. That was insane. Yeah. That was great because it's a construction company. He runs a construction company and I yeah, was like, hell yeah, like that. that's great. But again, like, I feel bad doing these so close because it makes it sound worse than it is, but I really don't want to cover how they putz around his house for like 20 minutes. Yeah, they uh, just stick around. They find his books under, the, under his bed, but then he arrives home and they have to like escape his gaze like it's a stealth video game yeah you mean his um, flower umbrella yeah he tries he knows someone's in the he thinks someone's in the house and he tries to attack him with an umbrella then the dad comes to the door and is like hey i wanted to talk to you about like uh the fact that you probably threatened me and my family yeah and yeah. he's like <laughs> and he's like you're just distracting me from your children and he's like what are you talking about my kids aren't here and they very clearly are but warner doesn't seem to care um because like after they they got out a door he ran up to find the books and they're like they're gone and he runs down and meets the dad. That'll become important in a second. Um, but the kids do escape or whatever. And now, ugh, God, seriously, again, I do feel bad doing this because it's so, makes it sound so much worse than it is. But then they, they then there's just like a 10 minute research scene of these newspapers we don't get to read. Oh yeah, yeah. that was real. That was really strange. They start like going into. Oh, I don't think we said that's what it is, by the way. It's collections of old newspapers from like the 1700s around when Zachariah was alive. It takes them no, a they, really long time to get it, to. It takes them several that's minutes. That's what I'm saying. So long. And why these are important. First of all, at this point, the dad's like fully on board with that there are ghosts. We never really see that moment where he realizes it, but everything they're about to say, he's fully on board with. Yeah. So, Zachariah was not 
a crazy fire sorcerer as I had hoped he was. I know. I was very disappointed. He was like an inventor of some kind. And he was one of the first people to try and harness natural gas to heat and light his home. But he apparently was really bad at it because he ended up blowing his entire house up and killing his wife. So he's not a murderer. He got burned at the stake for a crime he didn't commit. Although he's kind of a manslaughterer, yeah, if you think about it. Yeah, he also just starts random fucking fires. Like, Yeah, they never touch on the fact that he did, like, they did think he did that. Although, yeah. like, they said he burned some other stuff down around the town. I would have given them that that was just, like, fires started by the fact that there's a bunch of natural gas just seeping out of the ground, apparently. But, like, they never do that. So it does make it sound like he still was kind of a pyromaniac. Aren't we also presuming that he put the stay away sign? No, no, Warner did no, do that. No, Warner, Warner did that. Warner did that. But everything that's burned down since he died, he did do. He did, he is committing to the pyromaniac bit, for the record. He's also, you know, like, a rampaging, menacing ghost. He is, yeah, he's still a problem. And for the yeah. record, I love, they, they do do like the same shot that we saw in the beginning when they were talking about him of him being like a gross like fire pyromaniac guy but instead he he's like a, a like a pirate he's like a pu- yeah, he's got like a puffy shirt and like a vest yeah. and he's yeah. like a turn of this like an inventor being like aha fire <laughs> like it's yes. so weird we also have to talk about his accent oh it was like a weird was. combination of like an irish western clint eastwood twat like i really didn't understand i mean i think trying to saying. categorize it in any form is a mistake i think they were just like you're a weird ghost man so talk like a weird ghost man and he was like okay i guess <laughs> that was actually not I, a bad impression. We, I'm trying to figure out where, uh, where is he? He, it's funny. He was in season eight of uh, Entourage. That's the only other thing that I've I've seen him in. Ooh, wow, totally yeah. normal accent in that. Wait, he's doing a voice still. Yeah. No, I know, but all right, go on. But so they're discovering this and talking about like, oh my gosh, everything this town is built on is a lie. Like they're having a whole festival to this guy who wasn't a murderer, etc. And these newspapers kind of prove that, I guess. Mm. But if these newspapers were published at the time, why yeah, that's what the I time thought. I was like, w- were these newspapers published? But there was someone like Warner's great, great, great granddad who was like, no, no, no. These papers are never going to see the light of day. Well, I think they were also trying they, they do mention that like people thought he was some kind of like wizard or something who knew how to harness fire and they were scared of him because mm-hmm. he was different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so they touch on that a little bit. They're having this whole, so they're having this whole conversation about this, like, oh, this changes everything. And then Ian, this is where I was saying Ian kind of lost me. He's just like, guys, none of this matters. We need to get grandpa back. Yeah. Like, I don't know why we're wasting time doing all this research. We've got to get grandpa out of his clutches. And so he just like storms off. Yeah, Yeah. he's like, can we call the FBI or the SWAT team? Yeah, he wants a SWAT Despite team. Yeah, and I'm that- like, freaking, you need to call the Ghostbusters. What are you talking <laughs> Literally, about? Literally, that was my line. I said, call the Ghostbusters, you dingbat. But so this is what I was talking about. This is where the plot breaks in two. Because now we have Ian's plot to stop Zachariah with the ghost. Because he goes back to the collection center in a second. And then Claire and the dad need to confront Warner and the town about what's going on with Zachariah. Yeah. But we go back to the, the collection center first. He just storms in being like, guys, what the F are we doing? We've got to get grandpa and jumper back. This is crazy. You guys suck at this. And Mariah's like, dude, you've got to let me just cruise on this one. Forget I'm one week from retirement apparently now. Like I mentioned, she's 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 on her way out. You gotta let me have this. I'm so, so close to actually getting to go to the afterlife. And then he manages, he like threatens to like tell the people on the other side that what's going on. She's like, no, no, no. 
do not do that. Please let me have this. And he goes, well, why don't you, if you stop her, you'll be, if you stop him, you'll be like a hero to them. They'll probably call you back early for putting an end to such a menace. And she's immediately convinced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. she's like, oh, yeah, I'll be a hero. All right, I'm down for this. And, and and so this is where I had, like, like we, we touched on a little bit, is I was like, but is, like, Mariah more powerful than just your usual ghost, apparently? I like, think so. And, well, she's proved, she proves to be, yes, because unlike Jumper and Ed, they, she actually does something. Because yep. we cut right back up to the mine. She just walks in and is like, okay, this shit is over. I'm here now. I'm in my wedding dress. You picked the wrong fight. I'm about to fuck some shit up. Yeah. yeah. You picked the wrong fight, sir. And he like throws some fire and she like throws up a shield and is like, wahaha. But then he just breathes fire at them and it really throws her off. Yeah, she's like, is this nostril thing new? And I was Which like, I was throwing fire the whole time. No, but apparently it was it coming out of, you see, it, come, it was coming not. out of a different orifice. That's the key part. <laughs> Maybe he gets new orifice powers by... But when he like powers up well, from these maybe lost it's souls, because, maybe Jumper was really a nickname for doing a lot of, <laughs> a lot of go. A lot of blow. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, he does say that absorbing Jumper is what made him more powerful. I guess that See, actually makes so. sense because Jumper died skydiving. He was probably on a lot of wolf then and, and died. <laughs> a lot of wolf. <laughs> Uh, well, and, there's more. There's there's more than one way to get high, Dylan. Yeah, and now Zachariah's on the snow and throwing it, you know. But the thing is, so this is what I was talking about with the special effects, by the way, is that they're not terrible, but I just don't think they knew how to use them because they're just like, you know, generic flame effects at her. And then she's just like throwing up blue sparkles or something. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, this is so uninteresting to watch. But we cut from that epic battle for the ages to turn to the other epic battle to the Zachariah Cole festival which is a bit much. oh my god it's really oh. it's really a festival that's a bit much like the burning effigy of Zachariah Cole was really seems it's like dark. a lot for a, a a small town Halloween yeah. festival like, let's really celebrate this burning at the stake. Like, I mean, let, yeah, it's a celebration of fire as much as it is of this man. Sure. It is. Okay, but in, we have things like Guy Fawkes Day, which is basically this this guy who tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament. And, you know, we have fireworks. We're not, you know, trying to recreate a scene where we're burning someone's body. Yeah, I mean, they make a reference to the fact that the Salem, town of Salem does, like, kitschy stuff like this. I wonder if they, like, ever do something like this for their celebrations of the witch trials or whatever, but it's very over-the-top and crazy. It's a big bonfire, too. It's huge. It's, huge. it's like the size seems, of a ball pit. Yeah, it's it, and also, it's the way that Warner looks in this scene is, like, very... He's moved from being a creep to being a psycho. Like, he seems very evil in this moment. See, I disagree. Because, mm. like, this is what I'm saying is why they needed, like, the natural gas scheme. Because he, and I hate to say this, he kind of hasn't done anything wrong. Like, he did all the stuff to them, like, the stay away and, like, try to steal the books or whatever. And is just a generally creepy guy. But to his point, they, he's like, he made this local legend into a thing. Like, they approach him and are like, dude, you, we have to tell people about Zachariah Cole. He wasn't an insane lunatic. You're doing wrong by him. And he's like, who cares? He's been dead for 200 years. Like, why does it matter? He's dead. <laughs> like, so it's, it's not like I've created some offense. Like, he literally, when when what happens later happens later and he comes face to face with Zachariah Cole, he just says, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I just kind of thought you wouldn't mind seeing as the fact you've been dead for 300 years. Yeah, but it's kind of dishonoring him. 
It is, it is, but like I'm saying, but obviously, but I think also, I don't know, does is Warner aware that there are like ghosts and like Zachariah? Yeah, but, is back? but Warner's aware that he's he's created a festival that's that's basically no, he knows running. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, he's profiting off a dead man exactly. who didn't do anything wrong, which I yeah. I, yeah. I do a mistake. That is that is sucky, but it's not. But his point is like. It He's doesn't dead. really like, matter. Yeah, like it does, yeah, why and, it, it, and to his credit, as much as as much as he doesn't deserve it, to Warner's credit, he didn't start the legend of Zachariah. He just made it into like this festival thing. He just like, people thought, it. People yeah. thought he was an evil sorcerer at the time. That's why they murdered him. But yeah, he's yeah. profiting off of it, which is sucky, I admit. But it's not like he has a land scheme or something that is like illegal and evil. Mm, I suppose you're right. But yeah, the freaking uh, there's really not that much to this, honestly. It, the festival, they come up to him and are like, tell people the truth. And he's like, who cares? He's been dead for 200 years, whatever. Um, and then we cut back to the fire pit. And he's like, now, if you'll excuse me, there's a festival in my honor. And I simply must attend. And he disappears. And they, the ghosts and Ian are like, okay, I guess, well, we're not going to be there for the climax. Um, <laughs> because they cut back to the festival. Um, also, by the way, we always like to call out non-branded Halloween costumes in these movies and they freaking suck in this movie. Oh, it's that's just so bad. It's just people in face paint. That's all it is. Yeah, like, and, and the, but the kids looked really scary. Like, I have a big thing where I just, like, don't understand why someone dressed up as a clown. Yes, that, like, and I really, That really creeps me out. And there were a lot of, like, kids in clown costumes, but not the, like, cute, oh, we're gonna dress you up with a little red furry nose and put that on your face. But no, they go deep into the, like, creating these ghoulish like john wayne gacy type yeah. stuff yeah but at the festival right now they're like all right warner if you're not going to tell everybody we're going to do it and ruin your festival because mm-hmm. people deserve to know the truth and he's like no you're not and he just grabs the books and throws it them in the fire, the fire and which has i was a, like and has a pretty sadistic laugh it is a good evil saying. laugh that's good what evil i meant laugh. by his evilness his he, face gets all like scrunched up as if he's about to you know blow some things down. But also it was a move I saw coming miles away. I was like, they're not gonna put this big bonfire right behind him unless that's about to happen. Yeah. So freaking Zachariah Cole just appears over the burning effigy they have and he's like, well, you're all going to die now and by the way, ghosts are real. And he just starts like throwing fire fireballs. Everybody's freaking out. As much as I've been deriding you guys for your jokes in this episode so far, I did have one in my notes that is terrible but I need to say it, which is... So I guess we're uh, just giving up the ghost about the whole spirits thing, huh? <laughs> because everybody in town just knows ghosts are real now. I will take your silence as the fact that my joke was excellent. <laughs> it was okay. Well, everyone starts running and stuff, but I, I, the line from Warner was my favorite when he's like, oh, God damn it. Like, and he's like actually scared. And he goes... I'll have another son and name him after you. Yes, because they, like, pull Warner up to apologize to him. Please, I hope this man never procreates again. I literally had the same thought. I was like, (laughs) I hope this man never has children again. Yeah. If there's any more Jimmy Johns... Right? Oh, I would kill for some Jimmy John's right now. We all know right. that basically Warner's two sons went on to go found. Oh, they found, the yes, they found their geniuses. They, they were the geniuses. They were geniuses the whole time. The sandwich chain. I actually so would, it, that would have been too. a bet. I don't know how, how prevalent Jimmy John's was in the year 2002. That would have been amazingly funny if he had two sons named Jimmy and John and they were really obsessed with sandwiches. That would have been an amazing joke. I totally agree. But yeah, they pull Warner up to like apologize to Zachariah and he does not take it well. No, not at all. Zach is pissed. And honestly, to kind of going back to 
uh, Sophie's point about why Claire kind of rules. I'm kind of on team Sophie on this one. That Claire kind of does rule more than I thought she was. That she saves the day, not yeah. through ghost gadgets or anything, but, but through, through, through reason and and, and through empathy, empathy for his wife. And, and, yeah, and talking about love. Yeah, because we've had this before, where we feel like a conflict of a film could basically be ended with a conversation, and that's what happens. She's just kind yeah. of like, "Don't you remember your wife? She's still waiting for you on your side." Oh yeah, when he died, he said, "Wait for me, Rebecca." By the way, that's his wife. Yep. So she's like, "He's she's still waiting for you. You have to go to the other side." And he sees the picture of her from the one page she saved out of the newspapers and he's like rebecca i'm not mad anymore i guess yeah she's like i guess i just forgot the last 200 years about that i was supposed to meet you on yeah. the other side i just I, so I met you and then i like, got distracted so we get a shot of her like in the mirror and then he meets her in the mirror and they they go to heaven he's going to hell right well i think that that presupposes that that's yeah i was gonna to say that, that gets into a whole different ah, you're fair, fair. okay he goes to the bad place i feel like yeah i mean <laughs> i i know i know he got he got done dirty but the way he handled it was very poor very yeah. poor and he's been very a lot of temper- silence of the lambs. A lot of yeah, a lot of, lot of yeah. kidnapping, a lot of pyromania. Yeah. yeah. Not not great on his end. But yeah, that's kind of it. It's over. Oh, there oh, was something well, that was very good well, at the end. Well, I was going to say, then they get back to the house. Oh, yeah, there's, 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 there's more to the movie. I just meant that's oh, kind okay. of it. Like, the... The conflict is just kind of over now. Is what yeah, the conflict's yeah. over. And then... Yeah, the souls are released from the well. Jumper's back in action. They get back to the house, and then the grandpa's just kind of chilling on the couch. Yeah, in the, ar- in the armchair. And, Where he died. Yeah. And then it goes into this, like, whole, like, diatribe about, like, working hard. And I was just like, I don't get this at all. I well, it's just that useless. I think... I think they were kind of working under the impression that the grandpa's unfinished business was revealing the truth about Zachariah Cole and giving one last middle finger to Warner on his way out. But what it actually was, which was the whole point of the box and why he was actually trying to draw attention to the box. But what it actually was is that his unfinished business was that he wanted his son to know how proud of him he was because their relationship has not been good. And he's so proud of his son using his brain and going to college and becoming a doctor. He doesn't feel he like he's not mad about the store or any of that. He's very proud of his son, even if he didn't always show it. But the way they actually say that makes no sense, where he's like, no sense. I was so concerned about your future, I guess I kind of lost you in the present. Yeah, I, I guess like, I just didn't pay attention to you, really. I was giving too much of a shit about what happened down the road. I wasn't focused on the road itself. Which, I'm sorry, that makes you a bad father. You can't recoup right. that. And yeah. then and then, the, and then he turns around to his to Ian and Claire, and like, I guess I've been doing the same. Well, well he, no, the grandfather yeah. calls him out. He's like, it looks like you've been doing the same shit. Yeah, and I was like, um, I think he's been doing okay. I mean, apparently yeah. he's a single dad. I haven't seen him be uncool well, about anything. Luke, you can't make an assumption he's a single dad because we have no fucking clue where the mother is. That's true. Mom could have left him for another lawyer at her practice or something. My or, she, she's, or she's like on the run and they don't see it, get to see her. Oh, God. Oh, dude, wow. That is dark. It's a dark movie. What, is, is being dead better? But also, the, the key lost part of this dead motif is Ian's shirt. Yeah, where did he get that? Dead people rock. That's the other thing that got me, is that Ian has fought so hard to bring his grandpa back so he could say goodbye to him one last time, and he doesn't even go and try and hug him or anything, he's just like, alright, bye grandpa, and then he leaves yeah. so that he and the dad can talk their their shit out, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that was it? That's all the moment you get? It's just like a, 
See you later. Bye. Yeah, it was very, it was very um, anticlimactic. Yeah, the whole, I think the whole film is a little anticlimactic. I think the honest. last 45 minutes were, were really, I was yeah. struggling. Yeah, yeah. Really, like I said, once the pipe investigation starts is where this really starts to lose steam. So freaking, yeah, they go back to the collection agency and are just chilling, hanging out. And they're like, yeah, we're going to stay in Steeple Falls. Like, uh, dad wants to go back to his roots. And like I said, I was like, so you're just going to leave your lives in Boston yeah, behind, I, I guess. My exact note was that sounds fucking awful. I yeah. also like what, what was the school situation during Are they this leaving mid year? Are they leaving mid year? Because it definitely wasn't summer vacation. Well, I assume they were taking time off because their grandfather just died. Like, that's not crazy that they would be out of school okay. for a while. Yeah, bit. but then what? Just like moving schools? Well, yeah, like, now they're just, that's, yeah, that's the crazy part is now they're just full on moving schools. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not exactly like the. They're just moving everything. Well, yeah, the public school system in, in, and the, in dad's the United aban- States and the da- isn't exactly and the da- built for And the dad's abandoning his practice in Boston now taking over the old hardware store. Yes, that he's doing that. What? He spends like three. 300 grand on med school and is now going to become a hardware store owner? Well, no. Well, no, no. He's turning it into a medical clinic. He's going to be a small town doctor. Yeah, no, he's like putting the sign up. And now instead of... He's giving up hundreds of thousands. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. His kid, his children's college fund, everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The the lifestyle of those children is going to change dramatically. But also speaking of signs going up, they're also putting up a sign for the inventor fair instead of the... Instead of the... uh, I liked that ending. I I I wonder if that fair is not only gonna celebrate Zachariah, but also the grandpa of Warner's enemy. I would hope so. That's a nice thought. That's a good yeah. thought to end on on a lot of bad ones. But yeah, they're they're chilling with the ghosts and are like, we're staying cool. And then the Mariah comes back from the other side as being like, well, uh, my I'm gonna be doing this job until I uh, for the rest of I almost said until she, I die. But yeah, she she's, she's like, please kill me. She got left at the altar a second time is basically what appeared to happen. Yeah, yeah, because she was supposed to go back to the go to the afterlife, and they're like, no, because Zachariah made such a scene and revealed so much ghost stuff. Uh, you're gonna be stuck here for a while longer. And she literally just like the last shot of the movie is her just like slumped at her desk being like, I'm going to be doing this job forever. Oh no, that's not the last shot of the movie. She's her slumped at her being like, I'm going to be doing this job forever. And I, that's the last shot I cared about because it's the last shot where Mariah was on screen and she's the best character in the film. Yeah, because then it just goes back to the fucking pumpkin the machine. The pumpkin machine. And, and the Scream Team theme song. Yeah, and they're all just having fun with the pumpkin machine. The dad's playing with them now, which I guess is his character growth, even though it didn't seem like that was a problem. <laughs> and making terrible career and financial yes, of course. and yeah. educational And it act- the actual last shot is the more of the pumpkin goo spinning around and it almost flies and hits Coffin Ed but he's just like well there are yeah. some advantages to being dead which he says like nine times in this freaking movie and also they should give up on that contraption well they've got to continue their grandfather's work he's the only one who's ever been able to successfully trap a ghost but that's the scream team everybody it's I, I again I feel bad how much we dump on it and with its final act I'll say because it is there is a lot of fun here and I do think it's worth your time if you're looking to go through the spooky decoms um, I think it's a great I think it's got a great Halloween Halloween vibe for sure. Oh, for sure. This this immediately after I was like, get me some apple cider donuts. Like <laughs> that was that was what I wanted. Get me some apple, apple cider donuts and a pumpkin spice latte. Let's exactly. go. Exactly. But yeah, I think there's a lot that works in this movie. Like I think the tone is very good, and I think yeah. like I think like I said, the fact that it's so much about death really shook me. The humor is weird, but when the jokes land, I thought they landed pretty well. Yeah. Um, I honestly think it's worth it for Eric Idle and. Um, Nick Cavan oh. to Jimmy alone. It's and Kat Dennings. Sure, yes. You know, they go down the, the natural gas pipe a little too much with some of the plot lines, but some of them, like... Yeah, what is this? Kinda, Keystone? Kind of kind of well, well, 
Well thought out. I mean, <laughs> no, it's definitely no, worth because it is. It is so. <laughs> it's so overlooked in the midst of other decom Halloween films, but this one is definitely worth a watch. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone should give it a watch. I think I think it deserves more recognition. I don't mm-hmm. think it's like secretly been the best this whole time for sure. No, no. But I think I think it did a lot of stuff different and a lot of stuff well, and I think yeah. we, it deserves to be applauded. That being yeah. said, I am only going to give it a rating of 6.5 because yeah. that last half really was I a would, killer. I would agree yeah. with that rating. I'll, I'll give it a 7. I, I was pleased. Jeez, I wonder what Emma would have given it if she were here right now and if she could tell me what movie we were going to be watching next month. If only her spirit could somehow contact us. Hello, it's the ghost of Emma coming to you from beyond the grave. With my rating of this week's movie week. Well, see guys, I've been off for too long. It's monthly. This month's movie, um, even from beyond the grave, I love October. And I was so sad that I couldn't be with you for this month's spooktacular. And my thing about Halloween-themed spooky movies is they're like pizza and sex. And that even when it's bad, it's still kind of good. I love anything with ghosts spirits, you know, happy haunts, a death bureaucracy, like anything in that vein I'm always gonna love. Was this execution where I wanted it to be? Absolutely not. But was it something that I could watch in the dark with a few candles lit and get into spooky season? Yes, it was. And so for that, I'm giving it a six. I also love Kat Dennings. Kat, I love your work. I know she's listening. And thank you, my favorite, favorite friends, Dylan and Sophie, for filling in and guest hosting. They did an amazing job. Not better than me, because, you know, no one can do the impossible, but they did amazing. With that, from beyond, in the realm of the afterlife, I'm going to let you guys know that next month, for November, we're watching a movie that I personally love, Rip Girls. So, that's it. Happy October. May spooky season give you all the fright of your life. I didn't think about that before I started talking. Bye, guys! Oh, whoa, did you guys hear that? That was crazy. Ghosts. Halloween. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, I think that's going to do it for us for this month. We can't wait to find out what we're going to be watching next time. Dylan, Sophie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you so much, Lucas. I'm so glad that we could have had you on. Thank you for stepping in for Emma's shoes. I guess each of you took one shoe each and walked away with it. Um, But uh, Sophie, Dylan never likes to plug anything because he, much like the various spears in this movie, is a ghost on the wind when it comes to the internet. Um, But is there? I mean, if you you want to know, if my fans want to know where they can find me, they can find me at the uh, the Zachariah Inventor Festival in about three weeks <laughs> yeah he'll be having a signing that's where i'll be and I'll, I'll have my own booth don't you worry but sophie is there anything you would like to plug do you have a twitter or your instagram or whatever no i don't really have anything else to uh, anything else to say yeah so if there's nothing for so if that is going to do it for us guys as always you can find us at d comedy podcast on twitter um you can give us a like follow there become a loyal d comrade you can find me on twitter at wildfire underscore king i mostly just retweet the show i my brain and twitter don't work but either way um, you'll be able to find out when new episodes are going up and when, you know, what movies we're doing, when stuff isn't announced on time like it was this month, etc. I promise you, you won't regret it. You can find my Patreon at patreon.com slash Tyler. Thank you so much to everybody supporting me there. If you could also give us a great little rate or review on the old iTunes, we would really, really appreciate that. It'd be a delicious little Halloween treat you could give us. And also you can find us on audioentropy.com where there's going to be one podcast on there. I'm sure you'll love 
I guarantee it. But all in all, I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you both so much one last time for coming on. I hope, Dylan, we don't have to wait another year to enjoy your presence. I really hope not. I, I think the fans will demand it before then. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, but thank you very much, Sophie. Thank you all for listening. I hope everybody has a happy Halloween. And we will see you in November. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. DCOMs forever. When you don't want to do what you think you want to do and you can't find a pop or a cop. And you got two friends, we hang it to the end. You know you're never going to make a stop. If you see them coming, better stop running with the screen team. Better stop running. Want to treat or treat?